Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Now That We're a Family podcast. Today, Katie and I are going to be talking about things that come up in marriage, instances that come up in marriage that really make you realize you are on a different train of thought than your spouse. You are approaching something from a different perspective. Maybe you even feel like you're in a more mature place than your spouse when it comes to spiritual things, practical things, just anything pertaining to life. This has certainly happened in our marriage, and we hear about it happening in other marriages too. And so we thought we would talk about it. Folks, if you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a rating or a review on iTunes because that, number one, really encourages Katie Joy and myself, and it also helps this podcast reach more people, which you guys have really helped us do as of late. It's really fun to see our podcast, uh, like climb the charts on iTunes. It gets up there like in the top 25 sometimes, which is kind of fun to see. And we'll have various episodes do even better than that. And so thank you for that, for doing that for us. This because of your ratings and reviews and subscribing and listening. So thank you. Let's get this thing rolling. But now that we're a family podcast. We are excited to be back. We've got our faux wall made, which is fun. And our now that we're a family sign is coming soon. Yes. And so we're excited about that. We've done a lot of stuff in here, actually. Yeah, I'm hoping that we can do like a studio tour sometime on our YouTube channel. Oh, so that'd that people be fun. can check it out. That I mean, it would probably would be a pretty long video. It would probably take like 12 seconds to walk <laughs> through the whole studio. Maybe we could just show people a little <laughs> bit here doing like a quick little pan <laughs> as uh, we speak. Um, yeah, it's been it's become a really fun space. Also, I wanted to let you guys know that since our last episode, Elisha and I have actually gone on a date. Mm. We went on a wonderful <laughs> date for my birthday, and it was so fancy and cozy. There's like this little cozy Italian restaurant that looks like a hole in the wall, and then you go in, and it's just like a bunch of like, how would you describe it? Pillows, and it's all like really cozy, yeah. and you each get your own little like cozy area, and anyways, it was a really, really fun date. And then after that, my sister was like, hey, Katie, I want to gift you a free day for your birthday. And so Elisha and I were talking about it, and I was like, you know what I really want to do is go ski. It was actually your idea to go ski, and that planted it in my mind. We didn't think we'd be able to do it because we have little kiddos and everything. So Kelsey made that possible, and so we went up, and we skied, just the two of us, all over Schweitzer, and that was a blast. But I think I'm going to lose my right toenail. Oh, So that is going to be memorable. Yeah, that was gnarly. I was you. It is so black and blue right now, like so black and blue. Yeah, Katie's got like high performance boots. I've got like back from my teenage days. Yeah, I've got like you know the, I bought like old rentals from a ski shop, and they are like for guys like me that don't need much support down there. And Katie, yeah, yours were like they are for they're high performance boots. So your foot is like trapped in there. It is molded to your foot. Literally, yeah, you definitely yeah. can't often like when I ski with the kids, I don't buckle them at all. Like I don't need to. And, um, but I strapped them down tight for Elisha and I, we went down some pretty gnarly stuff. That was pretty bonding. Well, you're laughing at me. <laughs> I tell I you what. I'm not laughing at you, Elisha. I'm laughing at the experience. Well, it was so is, awesome. It is, it is a good experience for me every time we go skiing, but it is always a little bit tricky and it's hard on my 
ego. It's hard in my pride because Katie grew up skiing and her abilities are far above mine when it comes to skiing. She can, she's just, she's just a, she's a superior skier to me. And I started skiing later in life. Um, and I, I hadn't skied very much at all before I went skiing with you and your family. Which is unreal because we had no clue. Oh yeah. Right. Are you kidding me? I knew you started skiing as an adult, but I thought it was like years and years prior to going skiing with us. Cause we would go down runs that are like unmarked extreme skiing. And Elisha would just, just not say anything and follow us. I would say just the Lord's prayer and (laughs) head down, head down the cliff. And it looks terrible. It was just, it was a disaster, but I'd get down you guys you guys just weren't looking behind you. That's the reason you didn't know how bad it was. Cause I was always the last man down. You guys are just looking down the hill and I ski up next. And you're like, Hey, great job. You skied that. I'm like, I don't know if you'd call that skiing, but I did make it down. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Elisha's so gutsy. You just go for it <sighs> and you do a good job. He's really coordinated and athletic. So he figures it out. I'm not that, I'm actually not that gutsy. If the choice were mine, I would be a lot more conservative on the mountain. The problem is, is that we ski with the whole crew. We ski with the family and they never tell me where we're going or where we're not going. So we get off the chair and we just, you know, head whatever down a cat track or we start traversing somewhere. And I don't know, I'm, I'm always assuming there'll be like multiple options, right? It's like, well, I'll find the easiest route to get down. And half the time you get, you know, way too far down the cat track or traversing. You're like, well, I, there's no going back. We did that on our day. Yeah. Like this is the only way down unless I'm going to like, this is our only option at this point. Yeah. There's nothing easy. So anyways, it was really, really fun. And, um, you had a good time. I had a blast because I think I told you after those, I, I kind of told you I was stressed out. And because yeah. I basically I've never been comfortable enough when I'm with your family to say that to be like, hey, because there's always like 15 people and I'm not going to be the guy that's like, can we do some like more mild stuff to kind of like ease me into the day? Mm-hmm. But I was comfortable enough and it was just you. I was like, hey, can we like just take it down, a, 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 you know, a click and you can kind of coach me. So then you kind of like stepped into coach mode, which was really helpful. And you really helped me with, with, with some of my I had some issues. I, I had some mental roadblocks when it came to turning on, on the real steep stuff. Well, I was glad you told me like, Hey, you want to tell me stuff about yes. form and stuff like that? And we can work on stuff because obviously like, that's the last thing you want to be as the wife is like, here, let me tell you everything that you can change, you know? So I like was really hesitant to say that. So it ended up being really fun because yeah, I think we both had a blast. And yeah, I think when I first got out there, I was so stoked. This is my first time skiing small pregnant, like, over the last, since we've been married, I've only skied in my third trimester hmm. or t- towards the beginning of it. And so I was just thrilled. I just felt like I was so good at skiing because it's been such a long time since I've not skied uh, really pregnant. And so I was just like, take me down anything. So I was a little intense in the beginning. I just realized what you're doing. It's so what? funny. I thought you were like small talking here at the beginning of the episode. But then I realized we are talking about the topic is that when you're more mature than your spouse in an area of your life, 
<laughs> and you you brought this up to talk about how you are far beyond me <gasps> when it comes to skiing. Mature in skiing, yes. That is a skill that you really want to be more mature than... <laughs> well, you know what? No, Not even random. maturity. I yeah. think there are just things in marriage where one person is further along down... I, I guess you could use the word maturity, but let's such like a serious word because I think sometimes you are more uh, developed in other areas of life. You know, it's yeah, like you... That's a good, a good word. You, it can be in a sport. It can be... You know, it's funny. We just got done... This YouTube video is not out, but we just got done recording a YouTube video on like a, a grocery haul, like a Azure standard grocery haul. And that's something that I think spouses can be on like differing wavelengths when it comes to grocery budgets or like health, like what, what's worth spending money on. You know, when you go organic on certain ingredients, you're like, you know, putting a times four to your grocery budget. And when you're on the same page with that type of thing, um, that can be, that can cause a lot of conflict and a lot of strife. Um, so obviously skiing, I know, I know I'm joking. I know you weren't bringing up the skiing oh, thing. Yeah. To yeah. I, I know you knew that too. It was a good transition because no one really wants to hear for 20 minutes all about our skiing. No one probably wanted to hear about it for seven minutes, but we wanted to talk about it. So here we are. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm really, I think something that, so, okay, this episode was kind of spawned through questions that we've gotten consistently over time since we've started putting out different content that, well, probably ever since the podcast, but it's, we've gotten more of these questions since doing the screen-free videos specifically, and we... Um, touching on alcohol on the podcast and some of those topics, we've gotten questions from you guys, our listeners, and often the questions are, okay, so what do I do if I share this conviction and I want our home to have a lot less media in it, but my husband comes home and he turns on the TV and he watches TV, or what do you I do if I don't see the value in video games, but my husband comes home and he grabs our, you know, 10 year old son and they just want to rush off to the basement and play their video games. Or when it comes to alcohol, how do I get my husband to stop drinking alcohol? We have a lot of kiddos. It's not something I value in our home. And there's just a lot of different variations of these questions. And what's funny, it just, yeah, yeah. Cause you were bringing up a couple of scenarios mm-hmm. with, uh, with women saying about their husband, that about their husbands. But it's funny because I, not so much online, but in person, I get so much from, (laughs) from other husbands and fathers of like, man, I would love like to go smartphone free. Uh, I, they basically say like, I would love it if my wife was not on her phone all the time. Like that's, they're like, my wife is always on her phone. How can I get her to embrace like the smartphone free living? And, and, uh, and it's, so it's, it's been it, the same thing with health. It's an, yes. I feel like you've gotten quite a few of those in-person guys come to you and share their concerns about their wives. Yes. Like, how do I get them to embrace this value system? Maybe you shared a value system when you first got married and now it's like, eat like you're off in an area and you're not super compatible or you don't have the same vision in this area. And I think something that was really helpful for me is this phrase that because it's such a random phrase, it really stuck in my head. And I read Dr. Laura's book, The Proper Care and Feeding of Husbands. I've shared this book before. She's a little abrupt. She uses a few choice words in there. I can't say I agree with all of it. Um, But she had some things that were pivotal for me in our marriage. And one of the statements that she said is to wives, she, she puts it, remember what animal you brought home. 
Okay, which is really random, but it sticks with you. Remember what animal you brought home. And that is, if you married a man that loves his beer and loves his drinks and, you know, wants to have them as a consistent part of his life, and then you get married and you have kids and all of a sudden you've changed. He hasn't changed, right? This is the man that you wanted to spend the rest of your life with. And now all of a sudden it's this problem. It's this conflict point. Remember who you married, right? Because they didn't sign up to change whenever you decided to change. And I think that that could be helpful when it comes to media. You know, if you you married a man that loves his media and it was okay when you got married, then there's no grounds for him to have to change when you have a different value system. Basically, like the only thing left is the delicate art of persuasion Nice. (laughs) (laughs) in marriage and prayer. And this can take a really long time. It might never happen. And there needs to be so much just love in the process because I'll tell you what isn't going to work. And I mean, you know, from personal experience. (laughs) I don't know. We'll see. Like nagging disrespect and disapproval. No, you've never been those (laughs) ways. Never. So those are things that we can kind of lean on. Hmm. Um, and yeah, maybe, you know, there is that whole one model, which is the squeaky wheel gets the grease. So if you're just like so annoying about something, he might drop it or she might drop it because it's just annoying. Uh, well, at but that then point, they resent you in the yeah. long run. And they're probably just taking it somewhere else. It's like, <laughs> like, fine, I, I won't yeah, drink my beer at home. I'll swing by the bar on the way home, you know, <laughs> or whatever it is, there. whatever you don't share, like if they don't truly share the same resolve or desire over something you can't force that Mm. and um and we all have things like that in our marriage because the lord is leading us all in different ways and with some people the change comes sooner and maybe he uses us to infuse that fresh perspective into our spouse's life and into our home maybe he uses our spouse to do that in our home but we aren't as much as we're one we have to fight for that unity as we are learning and growing and maturing at different paces all throughout life. Yeah, it is crazy that uh, in First Peter, they they use like the extreme example of an unbelieving husband, right? And I, I don't know if you were going to get to this. I actually no, you weren't. I, mean, I, I wrote down First Peter three. Yeah, and so I'm so glad you're going to share it because that's like a, a very it's an unbelieving husband and and the wife's a believer. And so that could be something that happens in marriage, right? You, mm-hmm. you, you get married, neither one of you are saved, and then one of you gets saved mm-hmm. after marriage, and now you're married to an unbeliever. Well, First Peter says, like, to wives, uh, I'll read it, actually, because I have it pulled up, and this is King James Version. You guys know that's how we roll. It says, likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if, that if any obey not the word, so if they're not obeying the word, which is kind of crazy, and it goes on to say that they're not a believer, so they're not obeying God's principles. They're not living according to his life. So that's the context. So if they're not obeying the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives, which is with a conversation really meaning like the conduct, their life, that word. They might yeah, be won without a word um, right? by with the that, conduct of the wives. Well, this actually says without the word, we'll have to get, see what it, cause I think we've always heard it said without a word. Yes, but I, I think, think different translations. They, say but that. the conversation, that word, there, I do know is uh, inclusive of all types, like your whole lifestyle, which mm-hmm. I think would include speaking. I think they're talking about without even the word, like 
being preached, like without Bible, like without opening the Bible, I mean, like see, 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 oh, see. Yeah, yeah. But it says without that the word there, but with your conversation, your conduct, your life, mm-hmm. um, and the word coming forth through that, they can they can be one. Again, I don't know. I'm sure we'll have to figure out the. Yeah, I do like how other translations do say that they will be one without a word by the conduct of the wife. Yeah, well, it goes on to say, while they behold your chaste conversation um, coupled with fear. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I just think that's so beautiful. I think often we women, as a general stereotypical rule, like to rely on our words to like, okay, we can convince them, or if we talk more, they'll buy in or whatever. Um, And it can be really hard to just not talk about it. Um, especially when it's something that we really care about. And, and I'm not saying here like stuff. I don't think stuffing stuff down is good for anybody because then resentment happens in a marriage. Um, but I, I think having a good, solid discussion about it, uh, making sure you cover all the bases, make sure your husband knows your heart on something, and make sure that you feel like he heard you and understood you so he can disagree with you knowing all of those things. Sure. You know what like I mean? You don't want to feel like, get the facts on the oh table. man, I have this like other thing, but I didn't share that. And maybe that could convince him, you know, like just kind of put all your cards on the table and have a discussion. And then at that point you really have to let it go and pray in my experience. Yeah. And then obviously when he addresses the husbands in here, I feel like it can apply to the similar situations just as well. When it says, likewise, ye husbands dwell with your wives according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. I think that regardless of which one, if you feel like you're the one that's pulling your spouse along in your faith journey or in your lifestyle uh, decisions, there needs to be these verses, I think, brought to your attention. And, And I think that that funny saying that you read from that book needs to be considered too. Uh, I was like, wait a second, I married this person and they had habits, they had routines, they had different preferences and different tastes that you probably knew about at the time and were fine with. Maybe, maybe you overlooked them because of infatuation or maybe you overlooked them because you straight up didn't care at that time. Like they were not convictions or concerns to you. And so when you consider that, I think that gives you a lot more patience and grace moving forward. Cause the last thing Katie and I are saying is that, Oh, don't even, don't even try to get your, like, don't even bother. Like you're just yeah. going to live divided the rest of your life because we are huge advocates. And I think the Bible is too, of seeking unity in all things as a spouse. Like she said, you are one, God made you one, but a lot of times we don't act like it and we don't live like it. And I think it should be our aim and our goal to act and live like it. Just like we're new creations in Christ, but sometimes we don't act like it. I think we should seek to act like new creations in Christ and we should seek to act uh, united in one as, as a married couple. Yeah. And I do think, I mean, if you're unmarried and you're listening to this, or if you're engaged in listening to this, this is a good warning or heads up of when you have kids, things get way heightened. Picture this person that you're with right now, raising your children and you can't imagine how you're going to emotionally feel when that happens, but try to talk through some things with that perspective. Cause maybe it doesn't matter to you at all, but then you have kids and it matters to you. You know, maybe you're totally fine watching this style of movies together, but then you have kids and all of a sudden 
you know, five years later, you're like, why are you watching that? <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> because they can heighten our conscience, which is a beautiful thing that God's given us. Yes. But don't be shocked if his conscience didn't get heightened in the same way yours, yours did, because um, that happens a lot in marriage and, and kind of like the protective mama bear can come out and we end up um, really disrespecting or criticizing our husbands for things that we were fine with before. And I think that something... And obviously this goes both ways. I'm speaking from a wife's perspective. But something that another book mentor uh, told me is that children can survive. Like, okay, say they see something on TV um, because TV is playing all the time and it leads to an issue with lust in their lives. Well, children are better or men or whatever it is are better able to overcome a lust addiction, they can survive that. They can, they can deal with it. They can work with it before the Lord. But so few men will survive a relationship where the mom disrespects and undermines the dad. And I thought, wow, like that was such an interesting perspective. Wow. Like if you're an undermining uh, wife, which is so easy to fall into uh, for all of us, it's, it's unhealthy. It's, it's less healthy for the kids than they end up with a screen addiction or with a, um, with having to figure out maybe their alcohol balance later in life or whatever the thing is that maybe they have a sugar addiction or whatever it is that we feel like our husband's bringing into the home and is going to wreck our perfect little kids. The most important thing that they see is a biblical hierarchy of authority and love and respect. And, um, I've thought back on that a lot of times. Elisha's an incredible husband, amazing leader, and he always hears me out. I've never had um, anything where I just feel like, oh my goodness, you know, like, well, that, I mean, this is destroying my children. But in the moment, little things can seem like big things. Yeah, I mean, that perspective is one of trusting the Lord. Yes. That's and for that's sure. what she draws it back to. Because it's like, it's that is crazy. God. That would be, that. it's like easier said than done, yeah. you know, with, oh, in yeah. that situation. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, just to kind of bring it to our life, the way that this has looked in various seasons, mm-hmm. I think a lot of these things have, a, these are probably pretty common because all mm-hmm. those things that we've talked about have been a thing, an issue in our marriage, mm-hmm. whether it comes to media intake and having different, one, different standards and then different um, quantity ideals. Like, mm-hmm. like maybe I, I wanted more than what you wanted early on in marriage and my standards were not, you weren't comfortable with my standards. Mm-hmm. When it came to media, uh, also the alcohol thing, we've talked about that, you know, on this podcast before where that we've had to work through that in marriage and we've had, we've had different beliefs about it and we're in a really, we're in a great place, you know, of unity and alignment in that right now. Um, and then on the, on the flip side, I think that, uh, and this might be a more common thing too, is that I was a lot more particular at like what kind of church we were going to mm-hmm. and what type of theology we are going to, you know, adhere to or, you know, or believe or, or read and, and what d- different types of Christian books, self-help or, you know, like mm-hmm. theology or those types of things we are going to allow into our home. Uh, there was, there was things that maybe different Bible studies 
that you wanted to be a part of that you, you were going through a, a person's Bible study. I'm like, I'm not okay with that. And, and you, and you honored me in those things. Um, and so I, I do think we have worked through a, a handful of these things and I, and I can only imagine that we're going to continue working through these things as life goes on. And then another thing we just talked about that, um, cause again, Skeet. Yeah, scheme. <laughs> no, the whole the health thing. I mean, I we've we talked about this, you know, on the video we just made. But our our grocery budget, you could you were making seventy five dollars a week work for our mm-hmm. family, and then when you st- started wanting, it really mattered to you mm-hmm. when we had kiddos to uh, put healthy ingredients in, into their bodies, and I was not at all at the same place you were with mm-hmm. that, and I could think of way more enjoyable things to do with that extra hundred dollars you know, per week towards groceries. Um, and yet you were really respectful and patient in that. And I'd say that I, we are pretty aligned on that right now yeah, too. Yeah. And I would say, yeah, I think we're aligned theologically now. I think we're aligned with gr- the whole, you know, health, where we're spending, where we're allotting money when it comes to our health. And I think that, I mean, I don't know. I think so. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good. I mean, we <laughs> like, didn't, is that just, yeah, we didn't, um, but like we, we, very different things when we got married, um, as far like theologically and stuff like that. And I think that like groceries was one that happened later on in marriage where we kind of split, you know what I'm saying? Like when we got married, you knew that I would not talk about certain theological things. Cause I would get so upset about it and just be like, it doesn't matter. We aren't going to talk about this. Yes. I know you're saved. You know, I'm saved. Let's go from there. Yes. Right. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's like, j- j- that's a great point. Katie babe is that these, it, th- it's easy in retrospect to be like, Oh yeah, it wasn't emotional. It wasn't passionate, but no, they were areas of true conflict. Yes. Where you would be upset, I would be upset when it came to theology, when it came to media, when it came to mm-hmm. grow, you know, like budget and stuff like that. Um, and just taking the theology thing for an example, I didn't feel like Elisha put me in a place where I was going to have to like lose my dignity to conform. <laughs> Does that make sense? Oh, I mean, I think that's like, a- you don't want to feel like you have to, I mean, there is a time where in marriage, you're just like, you know what? I was the fool. I was wrong. Sure. And you just have to eat your words. And that just happens. But if it's in our favor, like if it's in our favor to, um, ultimately have this unity and not have this, I was right. You was, you, you was wrong. You was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Situation in marriage. Then you want to give them an easy out, an easy way for them to come around. And so Elisha and I would just keep having these questions and you never made these hard and fast statements about my character or who I was or, you know, putting me down or any of that. And I feel like I was able to kind of read certain books on my own. The Lord worked in my heart in his timing. And I was able to come around to a lot of things where like, yeah, I've been telling you this for like years. Oh, I didn't say I told you so. No, I didn't say but it like I'm that. That's probably what your brain was thinking. Well, you know, what's interesting is that in you saying that it's funny how, you know, I did real estate, we've done sales, we've done business. And so we've read a plethora of sales books. You know, you go back to like the fundamentals of how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie. And it's like a lot more of those tactics should be brought into yeah. the marriage relationship. Cause they talk about it in sales when you like, you've got a, prospe- a pro- pro- prospective, uh, like, you know, a prospective client, client. Or, or, or buyer 
and and they're not ready. They don't want your services or they don't want your they don't want your items at this time. Um, the last thing you need to do is do is like make them feel stupid. Be like, "Are you kidding me? This is the highest quality." Blah 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 blah. You're a fool for not. I've probably this. been in that situation with someone before, and you're like, "The last thing I'm doing is buying that." Yeah. And if I ever change my mind, I'm going with someone. Somebody else. else, exactly. And I think that we can do that when it comes to our convictions. Where in in marriage, it'd be like, "Are you are you kidding me? Like this is." you are destroying your body by eating this, 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 and this. And, and the other person is made to feel like such a, a moron. They're like, you know what? I'm going to triple down on mm-hmm. the way I eat and where I'm spending my money to, to spite you. And obviously those are immature. It's immature on both sides. Yeah. And that's the point is that like, even in this like self-seeking or self-satisfying pursuit of trying to get a sale, you have to have this long-term thinking of, okay, they're not ready now, but when they are ready, I want me to be the first person they want to come back to when they're ready to, to make this purchase. And I think that with your spouse, you can take a lot of those same, you know, tactics mm-hmm. and intact and, and just being gracious being like, Oh, okay. You're not, you're not ready for this screen free concept or you're not ready, you know, like to, don't say that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> say that to yourself. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Or, or you're not ready to, you know, quadruple our grocery budget for the sake of going organic or you're not, whatever it is, you're not ready for this type of theology. Um, be okay with that, but also realize like they might be someday and you don't want to just give them extra reason to not want to be persuaded in that area. Yeah. So when I think of all that, like maybe someday is there's like various ways that we've gone about this, like with the groceries, Right. That was one where I started being like, I want grass fed everything. And I watched all these, I think it was Netflix at the time, documentaries. I was considering the whole veganism thing. And finally I was like, you know what? I don't think the issue is animal products in general. I think it's the way animal products are manufactured. And so I kind of went on my own little research tangent. And um, then I just started talking to you about all that I was learning before we even put our money where our mouth is, we just started having all these conversations. Hmm. And I think I just started bringing up all the, you know, gnarly facts I was learning. Yes. And then I read a book and I was, um, we mentioned it again in that YouTube video that's coming on Thursday, but talking about, um, uh, what was it? What was the first one? Was I, it the deep nutrition? Yeah, Deep nutrition. I was like, no way. And I was, I wasn't trying to like manipulate Elisha. I just, was letting him in on what I was experiencing. And, and when you have those conversations and this is helpful for date nights or just maintaining this open communication all the time is that your spouse is able to say somewhat on the same wavelength that you are and, and aware of your journey. So it's not like one of those things where you're having a conversation with someone and they kind of zone out. And five minutes later, they're like 20,000 topics away. And you're like, what are we talking about? <laughs> you know, cause you weren't following along with their train of thought Yes. and the way that they were just like ping ponging all over in their brain before they started talking. So I think that that's really helpful is just having conversations along the way. They might not arrive to the same, come to the same conclusions, but in the instance of groceries, you did. Yeah. And, and you know, it's interesting just along with the lines of what you're learning, what you're reading, what you're consuming, uh, it's so helpful when it can be an ongoing dialogue with your spouse because I'm reading a different book right now than what you're reading. And then that's that's been the case since the beginning of our marriage is that we're reading something different. We're listening to different things. We're watching different things. Um, and 
And so you can be just like going down this rabbit trail. And by the time you've, you've got like the, you know, the vocabulary to articulate this new epiphany, you've been like, you know, marinating in this stuff for, for weeks or months, or you've read the book and you've listened to all the podcasts and you've watched all the YouTube videos and you come with this excitement to your spouse. And you're like, what, where are you coming from? <laughs> like to them, it's coming out of left, left field. Mm-hmm. And they have not had this like runway like you have, and you're just ready to take off and, and, and embrace the whole lifestyle. And your spouse has not been on the same journey as you. And so I think trying to back up to where you were, well, one, if you can include them in on the journey, like you said, like be aware of what your spouse is reading and share with what you're reading in real time and what you're consuming. Um, then it makes those conversations so much natural. This just happened literally the other day. We are, what? we are getting ready for bed and you go, I really want to have this lady on the podcast. She's a Christian sex expert. Do you think we can do that? <laughs> that was like, that was how the whole... That's all the information I had. He was kind yeah. of zoning out. I needed to get his attention. Yeah, you go, I'm so excited. I really want to have this lady on the and I was like, what are you talking about? We are not having that on our podcast. Uh, but you had I'm gone. still try to get her for the Get It All Done Club. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be women only. Elisha was right. You were right, and it wasn't appropriate for this podcast. But she does have good things to share. Yeah, and you had had a long time to learn about her, learn her background, yes, her Christian I was skeptical worldview, um, and and all of those things. But of course, that's like a funny thing because you honestly, you, it's not like you were like that close fisted on it. And you're like, oh, no, I need this in my life, and it's no. so it's so important that we incorporate this into our platform. Um, <laughs> you're so right; that was so funny. But I think things like that happen all the time in marriages, where one person knows this, you know influencers background and they know their context and they know where they're coming from and they go they're like oh you have to watch this video and you you put a video in front of them they're like that is obnoxious and annoying like why are you listening to that but you don't know the whole story you're like oh well if you knew this and that and this and that um so anyways yeah it's like <laughs> <laughs> no that's true it's like every time i go to try to watch football it's like i think i'm missing like twenty seven thousand details before this game became becomes interesting to me Okay, so I think when I think of something that becomes kind of like a conviction, maybe like alcohol. I feel like we had this in alcohol before. So if you, if you guys don't know, I think this is a helpful one to talk through. If you guys don't know, when we got married, I knew that my only leverage was prior to marriage uh, when it came to an ultimatum. So I was like, you have to promise me you will not drink alcohol unless I'm okay with it. And Elisha signed that document verbally. <laughs> and um, that was our agreement before we got married. Um, I had to bring that one up like 10 times. It's just funny because before we even started dating, I brought that up. It was such a big concern of mine. And then like two weeks to our wedding, I was like, hey, countdown time. What are you going to do here? Oh, yeah. you Because I hadn't agreed yet. <laughs> is, is that what you're saying? Yeah, you hadn't agreed at that point. Got it. So anyway, stakes are getting higher. And I was like, if I don't get this confirmed before we're married, married, I'm toast. So anyways, he confirmed that. Then, you know, I loosened up on that. But then it alcohol will go in and out of being a stress to me. Like it would just become maybe more uh, habitual in our home mm-hmm. than what I would have preferred at certain stages in our marriage. And so... I was able to go to Elisha at that point and be like, hey, like, 
this, I'm uncomfortable with this. Are you okay if we kind of change the rules here and um, change what we allow in our home? And so I feel like we constantly had this little adjusting and I was able to share my why. And I feel like you just honored me in that. Yeah. I mean, I think at first, but honestly, it's, it was, um, and then it became the Lord moving me in that direction, really just from studying the Proverbs. I think mm-hmm. that like, uh, it, there is, I cannot find any scripture that, you know, validates prohibition for Christians and alcohol. Does that make sense? The prohibition yes, of yes. alcohol for Christians. Anyways, um, I know everybody's got their, their stances on that. I was just like looking at the Proverbs and I was like, oh, there is a lot of warnings against alcohol here. Like I want to be a wise man, you know, and the Proverbs are clear or are full of all these warnings. So I was like, well, that is just a really easy thing for me to see when I'm spending mm-hmm. a lot of time in the Proverbs. And so that was really easy for me to adopt into our life and be like, yeah, like we don't, we don't need this in our home. Yes. Um, and eventually we got there where we both were both agreed on, on that. But I feel like there were times where there are these ebbs and flows where it was like, we both agree. And then it would just kind of creep in as this casual thing again. Yes. And you know what I'm saying? And so, and again, what heightened my awareness to this was our kids. Big time. And that's what started stressing me out. So I can relate to that. Okay. I have these kids and now something that doesn't bother me bothers me for them. And what are they associating with their daddy and all these things? Um, I mean, having a beer in the evening isn't like the end of the world. Yeah, obviously. it never became. It wasn't. A, it wasn't a sin issue, but it was something that I felt uncomfortable with. Yeah. Um, if it was a sin issue, then I do think a hard confrontation is totally appropriate and necessary. If there's sin in your spouse's life, that is very black and white. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good thing to distinguish is like drunkenness. Yeah, drunkenness is one thing. You know, alcohol, the abuse of alcohol is one thing. The abuse of any substance, you know, is is really, it's a huge sin issue. And the Bible talks about confronting a brother with sin. It talks about, you know, that's what this, so just the importance of being a part of a a local body because the, the order in which sin is addressed is care that's carried out in, in the local church. Right. And so if you're not a part of a local church, there's no way to walk through the steps of addressing and working through habitual sin, unrepentant sin. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when, when you look at these things that you're again, like you brought up video games or media, you know, me, me watching football, like that's one thing. Like if it's something that, that like, you know, you can't find sin in that. I don't find sin in that. Mm-hmm your husband watching pornography, you're like, this is a, this is a sin issue, mm-hmm. you know? And so I, I think it's probably worth really clarifying what we're talking about here. Yeah. I think a lot of us as wives, I don't know, you know, what's a good old movie to watch is friendly persuasion, but I think a lot of us can be the woman in that old movie where we elevate, especially as wives, we can get a little self righteous and we elevate everything that makes us annoyed or uncomfortable or isn't our preference to the spiritual level. And so something that's helpful for me and something that's helpful for me in kind of discerning how big an issue is if, you know, we're talking with someone else about their marriage or something, not like counseling. Okay. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Count <laughs> but, me out. But yeah. we have a lot of conversations <laughs> around, around marriage and um, it's like, okay, so in biblical discipline, we're supposed to go to, the person that's sinning. And then we're supposed to, if they don't hear us out, we're supposed to bring two or more, um, 
members of the church to confront them. Is this something you're willing to bring two or more members of the church in on, or are you going to look like the fool? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. my husband's doing this thing and then you bring in the church for the discipline and then it's like, okay, actually you just look like you're kind of being nitpicky here. Yeah. I think like church discipline is a real thing. So for, I think, um, if there's an issue and there's a real sin here, then it's worth confronting. Where is that? Where is that? Yeah, because a lot of times we'd rather just stay on our high horse and complain about our no spouse. Way, and just like, poke down condescendingly about how much better we are yeah. <laughs> and ignore the things in our own lives. So anyways, there's that. I also think there's some, like, compromise has a place in marriage. And so, like, with alcohol being like, okay, can like, what is the root issue that's concerning you? Like, is it is it the kids and having it around the kids? Well, could we maybe just have could maybe you get a drink like when we go out on a date night or something like that? Could we keep it outside of the home? Would you be comfortable with that? You know, presenting different options like that. Or maybe if you feel like it's kind of become an unhealthy, isolating, isolating thing, being like, have kind of the opposite. Like, can we just have this if you and I are together nice. or if you're with another friend? Yeah. Um, because it, I'm, I have these concerns about just you and the substance. Yeah. When you're in the closet with the bottle, it's a little <laughs> disconcerting. I don't, yeah. I don't want to make light of this because it's a yeah, real, no, yeah, you know you're right. I mean? It's not, it's not funny. So, yeah. so there are things like that. Um, there are also things like with media, um, just not having, okay. Your spouse isn't seeing things the same way. Going to your spouse and being like, Hey, is there any way on Friday night? Could we do a game night? Or is there any way on Saturday we could have it be a media free day? Nice. Um, and just take a break from that. Just like presenting different ideas. And, um, maybe you, you know, you can't have the home that you envision right now totally, but they live there too. And so, or, Maybe um, saying, you know, one night a week we do a family time where we just read that evening and, hmm. and, you know, and then they can have their nights where they do their things, but you're able to present another option and maybe come with this like um, wanting to be unified, wanting to support each other, not this like, you know, like no one just likes to feel like they're lame and you're telling them they're lame for what they're doing or enjoying, <laughs> you know, yeah. like we don't like that. I mean, I think that you have done all of those things when I think of, cause right now we, we do not drink alcohol at all. Like that's, mm -hmm. we've eliminated that from our life. We are like, our kids don't watch anything, right. That we don't watch mm -hmm. movies. We don't, the kids don't I do want to clarify. We do watch a movie like once every two months. Like it's not like. Yeah, and then we repent afterwards and say, we'll do better. And, Stop. Yeah. I feel like people sometimes make these comments like our kids won't see a movie for like 20 years. And it's like, no, like we still show them movies that we like really think they'll have a fun time watching. It's just not like our go-to family yep. night activity. Yeah. We are consistent with a 24-hour Sabbath every week. We, you shop like organic. I'm just staying at a bunch of things that I was not on board with at mm -hmm. the beginning of. And you had to like baby step in to these things, you know, first suggesting a Sabbath. I mean, like, okay, I'm like, okay, I can wrap my mind around that, not working. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. And mm -hmm. you're like, okay, what if we turn the internet off? I'm like, oh, well, okay, well, you know, and <laughs> like, yeah, that way we can just like read. And, and and you really eased into that and you've done it with all of those things and you've been persuasive. Like you've, you've won me over and all of those things that maybe you were, you had a preference and an ideal that was out ahead of mine in, in those areas. And, uh, and, they have blessed our home so much. So it's easy for me to say like in retrospect, that was, I'm so glad 
you stuck with that. Like, I'm so glad you didn't turn me off to those things early on. You didn't come at me guns a blazing telling me how, how much of a fool I was for not embracing it. Like you were embracing it because it's blessed our home so much. Well, I generally didn't genuinely didn't feel that way about you. And that helps too. Like I have a genuine respect for the man Elisha is. I don't have to drum that up. And so that is very helpful when it comes to presenting things. I know the man he is. I know the way he loves me and our kids and honors the Lord. And so that's not a huge battle. Like if you aren't on the same plane as I am with a certain idea, I do try to think, okay, what can be kind of in it for him? How can he see this as a win? Um, but it's not like I just feel totally deflated because I don't know. I, I genuinely respect you. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> You know, which I think can help when it comes to the conversation, because I think, you know, I'm coming to you, not demeaning you or seeing you as less than if you have a different opinion than I do. Yeah. And that's where it's like, it might be the timeline might look different for everybody on your ability to win your spouse over, depending on like you needing to find a way to show respect, to show honor before that you can actually start trying to win them to a new idea. Yeah. Um, And it's way more important that... And I have to remind myself of this with little things that I get like nitpicky over. And I'm sure Elisha does this with me, but it's like to be like, okay, if something happens, if like, okay, your husband and son like bond over watching football, like you get to design your whole child's day. So you can take out all the screens or take out all the candy. And then when daddy brings home the treat or when daddy brings home the movie or let him be the good guy and let them just bond over it. Have it be this guilt-free, like don't have it be like mama's in the back resenting what's happening. That's so, so like 10 hundred times worse than whatever activity is going on Mm. Um, or whatever you think might turn into a vice later. Like just, I can't stress enough our attitudes in the home and um, how they can just really suck the joy out of out of our children's lives and our husband's lives. And and who do the kids run to and bond to? It's daddy. And now it's daddy versus mommy. And it's just not, it's not a cool, cool thing. I think that something else that popped into my mind when you were talking was, uh, social media and YouTube and me working. Hmm. Those were all things where Elisha saw the unhealth in our home. Yeah. Well, before we go into that, cause you were talking okay. about, I would just, can you yeah. hold that thought? Absolutely. You'll remember it. Absolutely. Cause I do want to say from a man's perspective and from the father and husband's perspective, you were talking about how damaging it is when you feel, when, when the wife can be, um, undermining the husband and the, she can be the one that's kind of critical in the background as, as your husband's bringing home Skittles for the kids or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the flip side, I, I, again, I refer to my father all of the time, but being able to see his loyalty towards my mom every day, like unwavering on a daily basis, regardless of how my mom was behaving in a certain situation, or, you know, maybe she was going through an emotional time or she was being unreasonable. And so many dads use that opportunity to make a smirk to their kids, be like, you know, this, this is the crazy lady I have to live with. And, and it's so disrespectful and dishonoring when we're told to honor our, the wives, you know, as, as the weaker vessel and to cherish them and, and to live with them according to knowledge. And that's the time where husbands need to more than ever be in front of their children and in, in public situations, 
be like, this is the person that I'm more loyal to than anybody in the entire world and model that in a way that is very visible to, to your children and to the people that you're around. It's so true. You do this to me. No, no. Yeah, no, I don't you know. Do. I want to. I don't you know if do. I do. Like it's... as you're saying, you're putting words to something. Though, like, like I will have an emotional day, and I just like I, I'm like a hair trigger, you know. And the kids do something, and and this is sin, and I just rage, like like freak out about <laughs> it. <laughs> like about the that. pot comes off the lid. Well, it's not like. It's just, well, you know, the pot comes off the lid and I just snap at them. It's more like a snap than a rage. It doesn't continue on, but it, it's like a lightning bolt. And I never feel for Malaysia any, uh, he knows what it is. He knows I'm acting in sin in the moment, but I never feel any like disdain from you. I feel like you just kind of like take the kids a little bit more and help out in this situation. But I never feel this like, yeah, your mom's crazy for <laughs> losing it at you. That was a dumb thing for her to freak out about. Anyways, I really appreciate that. Well, I'm just really grateful because that is something that I think affects me so greatly is, is the, if you've got, being able to confront your spouse in private, not in front of your children is so crucial. I think being able to really have those conversations away from the children so that you're not undermining that person's character in front of your children, because mm -hmm. your kids are so going to choose sides. Like, oh, yeah. and it's going to, it'll be different probably for each kid, like whose side they want to take. And we got one we parent. Sympathy where we've talked yeah, about that already. Our exactly. kids know where our hearts lie with certain issues yeah. and like, we need to stay united on this stuff. Yes, exactly. Anyways. So I think that's huge. But I do think something that like we need to be open to too as wives is Elisha like was like, Hey Katie, you are working way too much. This is stressing out the home. And he went so far as to say like our home, like we aren't eating very well and our home is really dirty. And like, I just don't feel like our home's prioritized. And like, you know how hard that is for a man to say in a 21st century world, <laughs> like, like, you get so much backlash for that, but I'm so, so grateful. Like he has affected the health of our home so much because in my core, I know I'm feeling like a failure at work. I was feeling like a failure at our home. I just wasn't feeling good. And, and he wasn't coming with no solution. He was saying, Hey, I'll take the burden of the workload. Why don't, so you can have some more time to invest over here. And I think like, you were so consistent in that and saying like, okay, you're spending too much time on social media. Um, or I'm on you know, the way you would say it isn't like this dictator, but he would let me know of the, um, about these things in my life that were unhealthy in my life. And I think so often it's easy for us women to band together and be like, Oh yeah, isn't that annoying guys do this. But if a man told you that like your house, like your homemaking was like pitiful, like it's like barely scraping by and he doesn't feel welcome at home and he doesn't feel cared for at home. And the kids are kind of like bedraggled and you're kind of bedraggled. Like, would you take that? Well, you know, I think it's helpful to put ourselves in our husband's shoes before we approach them about something that's close to their heart, because chances are it's somewhat tied to his identity and who he is and his ego, just like the things that we do um, or choose to spend our time in, you know, if he came and said, okay, I just feel like you're on your phone all the time and you're on social media all the time or you're working all the time or all these different things. Would we flare up and get defensive, you know? And then I think we could have a better understanding of going to approach our husbands with something. Cause really we're saying, I have an issue with how you spend your time or what you're doing. And, um, that's a very sensitive subject. So we don't just want to go barreling in on, on someone else's life well, that way. 
Yeah. Okay, something I just real loosely want to touch on too is there have been times in my life, in our marriage, where I just really feel like Elisha would do anything for me. And Only times? Well, I mean, there's times when I know we probably aren't doing real great, <laughs> and it's not a good time to make a huge withdrawal from the bank account. Oh, got but it. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Because relationships are like that. There is this bank account, and you are either putting in deposits or you're making withdrawals. And if you're going to make a gigantic withdrawal and be like, okay, I'd like if you did a 180 in your life, or I'd like to do a 180 in our family life here. Do you have like that investment built up? Or is it going to be like, honey, you are, you're on over, what do you call that? Uh, Overdraw or something? Yeah, Overdraft? Overdraft? Yeah. <laughs> there's know? penalties for that. Yeah. There's yeah. penalties <laughs> for that. There's two times in the Bible that I can think of, this is just random, um, where a man said, I will give you up to half the kingdom. Like, would your husband give you up to half the kingdom if you asked for it? Hmm. Because that might be a good time to ask for half the kingdom. <laughs> but there's other times when he won't. You know, I think of Esther. Um, I'm reading that story with the kids right now. And what did she do? She was, she was beautiful. But I don't think it was just she was beautiful. She let the king see her beauty. So there's Whoa, part of that. Hey. No, okay, I'm serious. It wasn't like just <laughs> turn off the lights, I'm a mummy, and jump under the covers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Esther was this beautiful woman. The king admired her for that. And then she also wine and dine him, you know, like she made this feast. She made him look good in front of his, his Haman guy. Yes. She was respectful. This guy was like, I want this woman in my corner. Like she's wise. She's telling that she's wise before she asks for this huge withdrawal. Well, right? that is, that's crazy. Cause that is a characteristic of the Proverbs 31 woman is that her husband is spoken well of. Yes. He is known in the gates. And Esther totally used that, uh, that message. Like men like being spoken well of. They like yes. feeling respected and honored and, and women have the great ability to do that. Yeah. Or to tear them they, down. they really want to respect. And so that says something about us, you know, that's a big power. I think a lot of people are like, Oh, you know, why, why are we supposed to have like this respect of, of our husbands or whatever? But it's like, no, that's a power to, that they care about a respect that much, that it means that much to them. And if Esther went in guns a blazing, it's like, you're a total fool. You're going to kill all my people. You're going to kill me. It made him look bad and like this total idiot for making this law and listening to this guy. Like she wouldn't have gotten anywhere. And um, yeah, I mean, the other time the guy offered half the kingdom was to that one gal that danced for him. Yeah. So <laughs> That might not be a bad idea either. <laughs> Anyways, those are the only two times I can think of when it came up, though. Yeah. Where all of a sudden, you know, these men are like, wow, what do you want? I will give you whatever you want. And so just I think having the like awareness of is he in a place right now where he's going to give me whatever I want? Or is it like, do not ask me for a dime? And um, then maybe just don't ask and. Yeah, dance. Yeah. <laughs> no, and, no, no. yeah. And like, and just love them and respect them and work on the other healthy aspects of the relationship um, for a while and pray and just let God work. I really think that prayer is the number one thing. Number one thing. That's, wow. that's really it. The Lord does the work. I think of every big thing in our marriage up to this point, 
not just little trivial stuff. Because, I mean, there's, there's secondary issues. So we're kind of mixing these all together. Some yeah. of these are bigger. Some of these are, like, really little preferences. But on all the big issues, I cared so much, I really had to pray a lot. Hmm. And the Lord always did the work. Hmm. And I feel like on the big issues, vice versa, the Lord did the work in my heart. It wasn't Elisha's, you know bulletin board presentation. Hmm. It was him just giving me the space and loving me in the meantime and not making it, it truly having that unconditional love being like, I love you no matter what. And this differing of opinion isn't going to change that or the health or the joy of our marriage and the health and the joy of our home isn't going to be changed if you disagree with me on this issue. And, um, yeah, I'm sure we have many things in the future where one of us will go off on a different route than the other one. And um, yeah, the Lord's the Lord's faithful in all of that. That's so good. And I mean, that, that would be like a great point to end on, just the power of praying and when something is a big deal like that. I mean, little deal, big deal. Like when is it not a good time to pray over mm-hmm. it? It's always a good time to pray over it and see the Lord do his work. Um, did you mention another thing, one other thing that I'm going to, go back to really quickly, you said there's a bunch of other areas in your marriage that you can then invest to invest into. Like if you're not making any ground on the alcohol piece, if you're not making any ground on the media or screen free piece or their spiritual leadership piece, well, there are more elements to life. Yeah. And remember you married this person, you had a lot of shared interests. Sometimes it's like you have to be an archaeologist and go start discovering, you know, those things from the past and be like, that's right. We really enjoyed these things together. And you start forming that friendship again and the trust is rebuilt and then they feel respected. They feel cared for. Um, and then you're able to kind of come back, you know, over time to those things that, that you wanted to work on. Like giving it to the Lord, you know, let your hands open up, be like, okay, Lord, if this is really that important, I have to give it to you because because we can't be holding on to these issues super tightly in the back of our minds and go into this without this ulterior motive, you know, because it's, it's not going to be on the timeline that we want it to be on. Like, okay, if we go back and we go on some bike rides together and we go on some dates and, you know, we have a couple special times together, then I can make this request and then it's going to all be good. Yes. You know, it's not like this, like, equation. I feel like we really have to give whatever it is the Lord. And like you said, like have him change our heart first and being able to let go of maybe what this ideal is in our mind Mm. and be like, you know, what's more important than this ideal is my marriage. Yeah, exactly. And and you said it earlier on, but I think it bears repeating. You, You can't pull ultimatums out once you're in marriage, you know, like those are, those are for, those are for pre-marriage. Like, like, mm-hmm. Hey, you need to change this about you. Or we're not going to get married when you're married. It's like, you're working through things together and you're patient and you're long suffering and you're in it for the long haul. It's a covenant that's not going to be broken by, you know, by somebody fo- not following through on their end of the deal. You know, you can't like make this deal and be like, Oh, you didn't follow through on your end of the deal. The covenant's broken. It's like, that's not how covenants work. Uh, and so it sounds like a contract right there, a contract, a contract. A contract, and that sounds like a contraction, and then that's just a good place to end the podcast. Yeah, Katie, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts. I loved hearing it. Like, this was really encouraging for me to hear, and I think it really gave me a lot of, um, yeah, like, insight on how to better love you and communicate with you going forward. So thank you. I'll probably listen back to this in five years and be like, oh, yeah, we need to work through that. Yes. (laughs) All right, folks, thank you all so much for listening. Talk to you.
Talk to you next week. Yeah, bye. Bye. Bye.